Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church Podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. Hello, family. Thank you for joining us again here, Church Online. Albeit it is on uh, this medium of technology. We are grateful that you're prioritizing connecting together as believers. We are blessed today to have Dr. Brendan Belsham and uh, Mimi Goji. I will introduce them just now. Please say hi to the people. Morning, everyone. Welcome to church. Uh, trust you'll be blessed by today's proceedings. Morning, family. Good to have you. Thanks for having us and good to see you online. Good. As part of the Unmask series, we felt like talking about anxiety and how people are experiencing and navigating this challenging season. As I said, we are blessed and privileged to have professionals with us. I'm going to introduce them for us. Dr. Brendan Belsham is a psychiatrist in private practice. He is married to Debbie and they have four beautiful children. He has written articles on different subjects and a book called What's the Fuss About ADHD. For those who have been to child dedication class, you may have interacted with him. Mimi has a master's in clinical psychology. She is in private practice and also works with one of our public hospitals here in Johannesburg. We are so blessed to have them with us. I'm sure that most of us would have thought by this time this year, COVID will be behind us. But we know that we are now in the third wave and we're seeing that anxiety levels are rising, fear is rising. Uh, speaking as a pastor, I also went to a time, especially with the first wave, where I was uh, battling with uh, anxious thoughts. And some people may think, wow, I was worried about uh, people in the church. I was worried about uh, staff members. I was worried about the impact of lockdown uh, on businesses, on work, etc., etc. But I needed to learn to be aware of the challenges that I face even as a pastor, as an individual, and to seek help, not only to be in the word, worship, and prayer, but also to seek help. So uh, before we turn to the questions we have for our professionals today, I just want to say the Oxford Dictionary defines anxiety as a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease about something with an uncertain outcome. It is derived from a Latin word meaning to choke or to strangle. I'm sure you can identify with some of that. Someone said anxiety is what I think I need, but I actually don't. For me, I would say anxiety is a reality without Jesus. How do you face reality without Jesus? So I'm going to ask, uh, starting with Dr. Brendan, in your experience, what would you say is anxiety? Uh, interested to hear your definition uh, that you found there, Pastor Simon, because I would take issue with it in some ways. Um, for example, if we speak about a feeling of worry, yeah. um, that's actually, in a, in a sense, an oxymoron, because, because certainly their feelings, mm -hmm. physiological, bodily uh, feelings, sensations one gets yeah. when one is anxious, you know, your heart might beat fast. You might mm -hmm. have butterflies in your tummy. Yeah. You, you might get a tightness in the chest. You, you, you might get a headache. Uh, and so there's a physiological, a bodily response, which is part of anxiety or fear, yeah. if you like. Yes. Um, but worry is a bit different. Worry yeah. is cognitive. Worry is about what you think about. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that's we need to make that distinction because um, worry is about ruminating. It's about mm. what we think about. And, and, and it's, in a sense, voluntary. Yeah. You know, a, a physiological response to fear, if I am in the traffic and a car pulls in front of me, there's nothing I can do about that. That I, I just I go cold and, I, and my heart beats fast. That's involuntary. But mm. if I choose to dwell on various things that are stressing me out, that's more voluntary and, and cognitive. So mm. I think we must differentiate that. Good. But I think also central to the definition of anxiety or fear is an anticipated threat. It's yes. something that's coming. Mm. It's something in the future. And, and that's important to think about in terms of anxiety. It, it's something, something coming forward. Yeah. Sure, I, de I definitely agree. Um, I think it is definitely future orientated. It's, it's basically that um, the fear around the future, but I, I like the, the, the differentiation between the cognition and the body mm. because I think that's the part that a lot of people don't recognize, right? So how the body responds to that fear and worry you can't control. I think yeah. that's what I'm hearing from you, Doc. Mm. That what the body, how the body responds, you can't control. Mm. Um, but sometimes what the triggers are that are linked to how the body responds is what we as at least psychologists kind of work on. So, I mean, to add on to it, I think we have to recognize that the response or fear or worry is generally normal. I mean, it, it, it helps us do, protect ourselves. It mm. tells us that something is a threat, we need to protect ourselves. But the one thing that what relates to anxiety and disorders is it becomes maladaptive. Mm. It impacts your daily functioning, your living, your social, your academic, occupational. It paralyzes you to some extent that you cannot continue with your day-to-day -day function. And I think that's the difference between just having that, oh, I have a test, I need to study, I need to think about it, versus I am too scared to study, that I paralyze, I'm paralyzed, or I'm too scared to get into the car, you know, because, and then I don't drive. Yeah. So that differentiation is, is quite important. That's so great. I'm so glad we have the professionals with us today, because as most of us would do, uh, thinking that you have feelings of anxiety, you just go and Google, and that's the definition that you get. So today we can be able to get proper understanding of what anxiety is, which leads us to the next question. And we'll start with you, Mimi. Um, what would you say has been uh, the impact of COVID-19 uh, to people and lockdown in this season? Sure. Pastor Sai, I think the impact is quite different. I mean, we haven't lived in a, well, at least I haven't lived in a pandemic before. Um, and so different people present with different things. I think there's two parts we have to acknowledge. On the one side, especially with lockdown and, and, and knowing that we've just been put on to level four, um, recognizing that we needed lockdown is an indication that rates are increasing, it's an indication that the hospitals are, you know, are limited with capacity, it's an indication that people are dying. And so the main themes around this time is loss. Yeah loss of lives, loss mm -hmm. of jobs, um, and even loss of moments like life um, stones, like for example, graduation, being able to walk on your stage, mm -hmm. having bridal shower, having baby shower. So those are the kind of things that um, COVID and lockdown is an indication of. But the other part is being restricted in our homes 
also shows the gaps in our coping mechanisms. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so what we are seeing is that people are struggling to cope, um, especially with regards to the, the alcohol. And I know this, mm. is a, this is church, but we must talk. Yes. Um, especially with the alcohol restrictions, people are struggling because they no longer have a glass of wine to sleep. Mm. Um, they're no longer having the access to that. But also in terms of interpersonally and relationally, you're recognizing gaps in your families. You're recognizing conflicts. You're recognizing avoidance strategies where you would just go off and work the whole time and only come back late at night when everyone's asleep. Mm. You can't do that. So not only are we with that instability and fear and that threat of, of falling sick um, and losing something if we don't fall sick, but then there is that gaps in our coping yeah. um, and that we struggle to see. Sure. Would you like to add anything to that? No, 100% uh, agree with that, Mimi. And, uh, you know, I think it's attritional as well. <clears throat> I think uh, maybe it was uh, off camera, yeah. Pastor Simon, you were saying that when, when, when it first started, you thought, who would have thought? Yeah. 14, 15 months later, we're still in the same situation. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, when that initial 21 days of lockdown happened, yeah. we, we all banded together and we thought, hey, yeah. we can do this, guys. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. it was a bit of an adventure in a way. Yeah. But then 21 days became, you know, a month, two, three, four. And just over time, it wears you down. And, and I think there's an attritional component to it as well in terms of mental health. Definitely. Yes, we all had hoped that would be over this season by now. But we know that God is with us even in the midst of it all. Uh, the next question, uh, I want to start with you, uh, Dr. Brendan. Is there still a stigma in the church around anxiety and mental health um, to your thinking? Uh, Pastor Simon, I think there is. But I really do believe it's becoming less so. Good. You know, certainly if my own experience is anything to go by. Mm. You know, and I've had uh, a lot of uh, church uh, friends, uh, brothers and sisters in, in, in Christ who've been quite open with me about their need for help. Some of them have consulted me. Yeah. And I do think that's becoming less so. And, you know, I'm, I'm certainly grateful for that. But, but I think stigma still does exist and we still need to be very conscious of it. Yeah. I think for me, one of the biggest areas of stigma, because you can think of stigma in different ways, is that for people of faith, it becomes a, a real battle to, I, I guess, deal with the, the, the potential guilt mm. of having to, to reach out for professional help, including medication yeah. on occasion, and still keep that intention with your belief and your faith that, that Christ is your ultimate healer, mm. And I think people struggle with that. And I think a lot of our work as professionals, especially with people of faith, mm. is to help them with that and to help them see that the two can go hand in hand. Yeah. It doesn't make you any less of a Christian mm -hmm. uh, in, in terms of reaching out for help, whatever help that might require. In fact, I think in some cases it makes you more of a Christian yeah. because there's a vulnerability to it, isn't there? And I yeah. think that's something that is central to our Christianity is being vulnerable and, and not having to be perfect. Definitely. Uh, if we were, we would have no need of salvation. Yeah. Thank you. Definitely agree. The vulnerability and the community associated with support, mm. that is what the church is. That is what Christ is. I mean, I'm known for saying Jesus in therapy because that's truly what I yeah. believe. If we're yeah. unmasking, I definitely believe that there's a combination. That's what you do. Um, I think, you know, to answer around the stigma, if, we, if there was still such a strong stigma, we wouldn't have this conversation. Good. And that's why, you know, I honor the church. I honor my leaders. I honor my pastors as well in terms of, 
creating these spaces. Mm. Um, it starts with us and then it goes into the community. And I definitely agree that I do have more people um, in my sessions, in my rooms that are Christian, that identify as Christians and want to look for either Christian therapists or somebody who can understand the beliefs. So I definitely agree that it has decreased. There is that internal struggle mm. um, and that internal struggle between, you know, if I ask for external support and help, does that mean I'm not trusting God? Am I not trusting yeah. Christ? You know, is this some kind of, you know, it's like the evil, um, you know, demon-possessed kind of approach, mm. you know? Um, and so those kind of conversations and, and the stigma still yeah. exists. Um, and I do agree that the more we talk about it, the more we share and as, uh, the more people like ourselves who are Christian and in the profession speak about it and how people navigate those thoughts, the, the lesser the stigma becomes. Great. Yeah. Thank you, Mimi. And also just for the affirmation that the reason we are creating this space as a church is so that we can remove that stigma. We can say, if we need help, let's go and find help. We're now starting to narrow down on the topic of anxiety. And uh, as I said earlier, I would like to hear from the professionals what they see as trends in terms of anxiety uh, globally, nationally, even locally. Um, I just read a, an article recently, though it was US-based, but I think it applies a lot to some of the trends in South Africa. Three out of 10 pastors are struggling with uh, mental well-being. Three out of 10 pastors are struggling with mental well-being. That's well over 25% of pastors uh, who are struggling with mental well-being. And as I said right from the beginning, uh, 2020, I also struggled and I sought help. So we are destigmatizing. So I want to hear your thoughts. What are the trends that you see? Mm. Uh, that's interesting what you're saying about uh, the statistics with regard to pastors. Uh, I do think being a pastor, being a minister, comes with its own specific pressures. Correct. Uh, but uh, I can certainly speak to the, the childhood population because that's my, my area of interest. And uh, even pre-COVID, uh, the, the stats on childhood anxiety are really high. Mm. So to give you an idea... Uh, there's a lifetime prevalence. In other words, uh, you take children up to the age of 18, 15 to 20% of them will have an anxiety disorder somewhere along the line. That doesn't mean they have that anxiety right through their childhood, but that's as, as, as many as a fifth mm. of uh, one in five children, this is pre-COVID, will have some kind of anxiety disorder. Now, we must distinguish as well different kinds of anxiety yeah, disorders because anxiety is an umbrella term. We've been talking about the definitions and yeah. so forth. But you get different types of anxiety. For example, young kids can have something called separation anxiety mm. disorder where they battle to separate from their parents, you know, going to school in yes. the mornings and so forth. Um, they, they, then there's a whole lot of anxiety disorders that can occur in children and adults. Mm. Generalized anxiety disorder, panic disorder, where one has sudden panic attacks, mm. um, obsessive compulsive disorder. Mm. Um, there's a very interesting statistic, uh, Pastor Simon, that since the Second World War, the prevalence or incidence of uh, depression and anxiety is, is increasing with each successive generation. Sure. Wow. Now, I don't think we have enough data in the COVID space to really say what that's done. I mean, anecdotally in practice, I think most of us will agree the prevalence has spiked. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think we've got properly conducted studies to really speak to that at the moment. But even pre-COVID, yeah. and we can debate why that is, but mm. the 
prevalence of anxiety and clinical depression is increasing with each successive generation since the Second World War. Wow, great. Do you want to add anything sure. to that? Yeah, I, I mean, so my, my area of, of work is mostly with adults. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, definitely the umbrella term anxiety, but with specifically generalized anxiety disorder, there are quite a number of adults who have that, and then that's speaking to just general worry about mm-hmm. most, a lot of things, mm-hmm. um, or the panic disorders. And I definitely agree that it has spiked significantly mm-hmm. over the past couple of years, and we can, you know, debate in terms of what are the causes, or, mm-hmm. you know, what is it about the way we are that makes us want to do better all the time, that mm-hmm. we have that pressure, you know. But I think also, specifically around COVID, what I've noticed that I haven't really experienced before is this anxiety around spreading mm. the virus mm. um, sure. to someone. Wow. And I, I, you know, I, I think I sit a lot with people with that guilt mm. um, around spreading it or giving it to someone. And it's not like an intentional thing. So that anxiety around, you know, what do I do so that I don't harm the people in my, mm. my family? And if mm. someone does pass yeah. as a result, you know, how do I deal with that? Mm. So overall, anxiety has, has peaked, um, and specifically around COVID. I think that's a new, new age kind of version of anxiety yeah. Yeah. that we're seeing around transmitting the virus, mm. and which is always unintentional. Yeah. On that note, Mimi, I think you're starting to touch on some of the felt experiences, what people are going through right now. Maybe we can start talking about what, what are the things that you... Uh, recommend? What are the things that you encourage uh, your patients or friends, uh, things to do to uh, be able to uh, navigate the season and especially if they're challenged with anxiety? Yeah, I think the, the one thing is as much as we don't always have control of the physiological response which we would possibly need the medication to assist your body to deal with what you think about. I think it's really important for us to recognize um, just that we should be more vulnerable and transparent with our ex- yeah. you know, experiences. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like confess your sins to your brother, let them pray for you. Correct. You know, it's yeah. like, let us get to a point where we're able to share um, what we're experiencing with one another mm-hmm. um, so that we want have increased awareness as to what is happening and can also almost identify some of our triggers mm-hmm. as to what is causing this excessive fear or worry or, you know, rumination of certain things that releases the response, the physiological response. But I think the one thing when I thought about, you know, in the, in the, in something that I think resonates biblically to what I share, I think if we talk to um, Philippians 4, it's, I think it just speaks perfectly. But in Philippians 4, um, if we start from um, six, that we know, do not be anxious about anything, but with everything, every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. For me, that speaks to that um, self-sufficiency, surrendering, mm. surrendering um, the control. Yeah. God is sovereign. God is in control, and we need to learn in this time to to give and 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 pray and put, give our petitions to Christ, and then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. But the biggest part that 
we'll speak to in the psychology world, we'll talk about being mindful mm. or we'll talk about focusing on the here and now. Mm. It resonates with eight. Mm. Philippians 4 verse 8, which says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, mm. think about such things. Um, and that speaks to just being in the here and now. Yeah. We started off by talking about anxieties future orientated. Yeah. And if we meditate on the here and now, on what is happening now and what God has helped us with now, I think it definitely helps. But it isn't a blanket prescription. And I want to just encourage people not to feel um, stigmatized. You do definitely need to go to see a professional to assist you yeah. in terms of that. But just off the bat, be in the here and now. Um, yeah. I like that. Be in the here and now. Yes. Be fully present. Be fully present. Anything you can add to that? I absolutely agree with, with what Mimi is saying. And, uh, you know, it's a discipline. And I think it's been a challenge for so many of us to adopt that discipline and strengthen that discipline of staying in the here and now. You know, Jesus somewhere else in the New Testament said, therefore do not worry about tomorrow because yes. tomorrow will worry about itself. Mm. The very fact that we're instructed not yeah. to worry so in so many parts of yeah. the Bible, both Old and New Testament, mm. must mean that there's a voluntary component to it. Definitely. Otherwise it would be unfair, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so that we were instructed not to worry. So there's a kind of a taking ownership, mm. a taking control of our thinking. Yeah. Uh, but I'd like to, if I may, just add one or two lifestyle factors Great. that I think are important um, in this whole sort of passage that we're navigating. Um, and th those include rhythm. We, we need to yes, keep our good. rhythm. Mm -hmm. You know, if we're schooling at home mm -hmm. and we don't have a hard start to the day because, you know, math starts at 8 o'clock, mm -hmm. we need to somehow still keep some rhythm of yeah. going to bed at a certain time, yeah. waking up at a certain mm -hmm. time. Um, you know, having meals around the table together as a family good. to connect in that way. Uh, I think for me the rhythm is so vital. Uh, exercise. Mm -hmm. You know, my, my children are so tired of me nagging them about <laughs> exercise. But, but, but I know that, the, the, that there's scientific evidence to show yeah. that uh, regular cardiovascular exercise is good for your mental health and, um, and, and good for your cognitive functioning as well. Um, for me, the importance also of um, being thankful. Yeah, You know, part of staying in the here and now, mm. I think, is being thankful. Yeah. It's about saying, what do I have to be thankful for now? Okay, it's a difficult situation. I've had these things taken away from me. I can't go on holiday when I thought I wanted to go on holiday. Yeah. Uh, but I'm thankful that I've got my family yeah. to be with at a Good. time like this. Good. I'm thankful that I've, got so, that I've still got a job. Mm. You know, things that maybe other people don't have. Mm. So we need to be conscious about being thankful. And, and finally, I think, just think to be conscious of being outward looking. Good. You know, we can very easily become sort of a little bit too much into ourselves, uh, kind of get into a bit of self-pity. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to be conscious to be outward looking, reaching out to other people, even if that is just electronically because we can't do it any other way. And just re reaching out, asking someone how they are, asking if there's something they need prayer for. And I think that helps us also with our own mental health. Great. Thank you so much. I so appreciate that uh, some of those practical uh, things that we should be thinking about, like rhythms. I think it's so easy to say now that we are, again, lockdown level four, uh, we can just go back to slipping in and lose those rhythms, you know. Uh, and also, I just want to say, Brendan and I, we live in the same area. We go to the same gym. 
So I thought I would have an excuse that the gym is closed. So you just spoke about gym now. <laughs> I will have to think about you, other you ways. You also live next to a very beautiful park. Oh, so yes, no yes, excuses, yes, yes, Simon. yes, yes, definitely, definitely. So uh, we'll definitely be out on the park. Uh, as we start to wrap, uh, I would like to hear from you guys if there's any resources that you can point people to. Let's start with you, Brendan, uh, that can help people navigating this very challenging season. Mm. So, I mean, when we talk about resources, it's quite a broad concept. And I think part of your resources are, are around you. Yeah. They might be your family members. They might be your parents. They might be friends. They might be a teacher, somebody within the church, a connect group leader. Yeah. Uh, you know, connect groups still exist. Correct. E even yes. in an online capacity. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I suppose in a more professional context, um, we've got a, a, a very uh, active and, and, and very excellent support group in South Africa called SADAG, mm. the South African Depression and Anxiety Group. Uh, we're going to show their number on the screen yes. so you can take down that number. And they have trained counselors and they can point you in the right direction in mm. terms of whether it's a psychologist you might need or a psychiatrist like myself or both. Yeah. Um, so, so reach out, and there are there are excellent resources available. Great, thank you, Mimi. Yes, definitely. Outside of family and friends that you trust, in terms of um, professional resources, I want to just people can start. Firstly, in your workplaces, mm. there are a lot of um, employment wellness places. Yeah. So start checking in where you work. Do they offer employment wellness services which cater for psychologists? Mm -hmm. In the universities, we've got um, SCICAD, uh, CCDU, SCICAD at UJ, CCDU at WITS. Um, so think about your university. Do they have resources? Mm -hmm. Then SADAC is perfect in terms of the NGOs. And SADAC has an online um, telephonic, sorry, telephonic services. Lifeline have telephonic services so that you can go there. Then you have your mental health clinics in the government facilities. These are mm -hmm. free services. And then if you want to go into a private, I mean, a public hospital, then you need a referral from your GP. Okay. So there are different layers of support and access. And I think a lot of the times we, we feel a bit hopeless at home. Mm. And that's why I love these conversations because yeah. we can educate everyone that Great. there are different levels of support that you can access. Beautiful. Thank yeah. you so much. Uh, any closing thought uh, by way of encouraging the people knowing that it is definitely, definitely a difficult season we're going through? Uh, let's start with you, Mimi. Any closing thoughts? I think it's important for us to stay authentic. Um, it's difficult and it's hard. And I think it's important for us to remain authentic and vulnerable. It doesn't take away your superpower. It actually helps you. As in, you know, when you recognize that we, you are human um, and that you need support, it's really important. So I really want to acknowledge that everyone is going through a difficult time um, and that it's okay. It's okay to go through that. Good. Yeah. Thank you. Brenda? I absolutely agree with that, Mimi. And I would maybe just add to that, you know, let's try and be intentional, try and be very mindful of, of, of where we can grow through this experience. You know, it's painful, it's difficult, we've lost a lot, we, we, we're anxious about certain things in the future, but we can also grow. We can grow spiritually, we can grow relationally. Uh, there are lots of ways in which we can hopefully look back on this pandemic and say, hey, uh, as tough as it was, I can see the benefit now in terms of my own growth as a person, in terms of our growth as a family, and, and in lots of different ways. So I think try and, try and really be intentional about seeing the positives in what is a very trying situation. Great. Thank you so much. 
I really, really appreciate the time that uh, both Mimi and Brendan has given to this. And uh, I feel like this is just part one. We may have to do another one on a different topic, uh, realizing that all of us uh, are finding value in conversations like this. So thank you again. I hope to see you soon. God bless you. Friends, after that incredible conversation uh, with Brendan and Mimi, I want to read a scripture to encourage you. I know that a number of us are facing uh, the reality of uh, wrestling COVID or uh, financial pressures or family issues, marriage issues, whatever it may be. I want to I want to read the scripture and also pray over the scripture. Mimi already mentioned the scripture and read it. I want to read it from the Amplified Version so that it's loud and we can also be able to hear what God is saying to us in this time. And also pray scripture. We need to learn to pray scripture uh, in this season. Declare scripture, speak scripture, and pray scripture. Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7. Do not be anxious or worried about anything. Uh, I like what Dr. Brendan said. It's a, it's a choice. Uh, it's voluntary. You choose to worry. You choose to be anxious. And when you feel that, what do you do? Do not be anxious or worried about anything. But in everything, every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, we touched on thanksgiving just now, the importance of gratitude, being thankful for what we have despite the challenges. Continue to make your specific requests known to God and the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, the peace that reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands God over your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus is yours. This peace is ours. This peace that comes from God rather than the peace with God. There is peace with God, but a peace that comes from God. A peace that guards our hearts and mind will come. When we do what? When we pray and when we present our requests before the Lord. It is a peace that comes to us when we pray. Why worry when you can pray? Prayer needs to replace worry in a Christian life. We need to seek the face of God. Anxiety brings no peace, but praying does. So I want to tell you that even in this trying time, one of the things that has helped me personally is this Zoom prayer that we have from 6 to 7 a.m. where we get to wait on the Lord, where we get to just pray. Sometimes I'll be on mute, but just praying in the Spirit and waiting on the Lord, it's helped just ease the anxiety and help me to linger longer in the presence of God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding comes and rests. I want to just remind you that also on Thursdays we are praying from 6 to 7 p.m. where we pray and trust God to intervene and to have mercy in the affairs of our nation and our society. So, quick reminder, Jesus often withdrew to quiet places to be with the Father. Why would He do that if He was God Himself? He saw the need to retreat. He saw the need to have time with the Father. Who are we to think that we can just cruise through life, cruise through the pandemic without constant connection with the Father? So I want to encourage you to up your prayer life by praying the Word, speaking the Word, declaring the Word, by listening to worship and also fellowship with other believers. Even though it may be on Zoom uh, right now, find a connect group, connect with other believers. 
as we get ready to pray, I'm going to pray uh, four scriptures, just uh, a practice of praying scripture, of uh, speaking and declaring scripture. The first scripture I want to pray is Isaiah 35, verse uh, 3 to 4. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are anxious at heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. Your God will come with vengeance. With recompense, God will come through. He will come and save you. God will come and save us. Psalm 94 verse 19, the Bible says, When anxiety was great within me, your consolation, Lord, your comfort, Lord, brought me joy. Knowing that God is with us through the storm brings us joy. Psalm 46 verse 1, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in our times of need. As a family, we have been memorizing the psalm. We've been reading it every single day at dinner table. We tell ourselves that God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in our time of need. Psalm 56 verse 3, the Bible says, When I am afraid, I trust in you. When I'm afraid, I trust in you, O Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to pray for each and every person that is watching or listening. I pray that, God, you will uplift anxiety right now. Lord, I ask that you will uplift anxiety. Father, I pray whatever fears they have right now, I ask that they will feel your presence come, Lord God, in their homes, in their workplaces, wherever they may be right now. I pray that the presence of God will come and they will feel your presence. They will feel your power. They will feel a peace that passes all understanding coming to rest upon them in this hour in the name of Jesus Christ. Father God, I pray even for those, Lord God, who may have lost loved ones, we pray for comfort, comfort of the Holy Spirit. We ask for your comfort. We ask for your comfort, Holy Spirit. We pray that God, as you promised in your word, that you are close to the brokenhearted. We pray that you come and comfort your people, comfort your people in this hour, we pray and we ask in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Father, right now. I want to minister your shalom. I minister your peace. I want to pray for each and every person right now. If you have had anxious thoughts, just raise both your hands. Even at home, over the screen, raise both your hands and trust God to minister peace right now. Peace that passes all understanding is your portion. By raising your hands, you're surrendering. You're saying, God, on my own, I, ca I cannot I need you. I need your help. I need you to help me to come out of this place, out of this place of fear and anxiety. Lord, I pray that your peace will come right now. I speak peace. I speak peace over the storm. I minister peace over the storm. The shalom of God, nothing broken, nothing missing. Restoration for whatever the enemy may have stolen. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you as you continue to trust him. He is with you through the storm.